0: The sulky over funky, kinda hunky superhero. up to fisted
1: and electrically transisted superhero. And exotically erotic and aquatic superhero. A superheroes have
0: arrived. Welcome to Marvel Vision, the cinema sanga podcast about the Marvel Cinematic Universe TV shows. My name is Devin Faraci. I'm one of the co-hosts of the show. Joining me, as he always does, it's New York Lonely Boy,
1: Derek Faraci. How are you, Devin?
0: <laughs> New York Lonely Boy. That's a joke for ten people now.
1: Yeah, I, well, it got a second season, so at least eleven. God willing, I loved it. I loved this it. Girls Five Hour. It ever. was great. It was fantastic.
0: I have a Girls Five Hour piece I'm trying to put up on the site. I gotta fucking get it finished. Um, but it's great. It's really terrific. New York City Lonely Boy is such a great joke. It's so, it's good. so true. So good. <laughs> Uh, so this show we're talking about Loki, the latest Marvel Studios show. Uh, we're three episodes. We're halfway through the season at this point on Loki.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. That's pretty crazy. Time flies, huh? And and still, I guess no definitive news on what's coming next. I mean, it's what if is next, I suppose. Right. But have they released a date for that?
0: I don't think what if has a date yet. No. So it's like it's August. Okay. But it's, I don't think it's a specific actual date.
1: for So there's going to be a couple of weeks of nothing.
0: They're le- I think they're leaving a little bit of space for Black Widow. Mm. You know, I think that's Not the right
1: thing. for our show.
0: <laughs> well, we went, we, went,
1: we went on a hiatus last time. I know, but that's problematic.
0: Uh, so we'll have to go on a hiatus then too. I think what we might do, by the way, we have another show called um, Watchmen. In that show, we do deep dives into superhero movies, and we're going to be doing all the new superhero movies that are coming out this year on Watchmen, and that includes Black Widow. We're going to do Black Widow. We're going to do Shang-Chi. We're going to do um, Spider-Man No Way Home. Eternals. All the big Marvel shows. What was it?
1: Eternals. Eternals,
0: yeah, all the big Marvel movies. And, but it's not, going to be, it's not going to be on this feed. So I think what we might do for one of these weeks, for the week that we do Black Widow on Watchmen, I might drop 30 minutes of that episode into this feed. Oh, there you go. So people can listen and realize that we talk about how you burned your dick.
1: Yes, on
0: that show, it's a, it's a conversation we had in the Dark Man episode about how Derek burned his dick.
1: Yes, I got messages about that. Did you? Yes,
0: from ladies or just just certainly uh, not from ladies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, Their messages like keep us updated on your dick. Oh boy. So, <laughs> start a podcast about burning, is, dick, burning dicks.
0: Is it is everything okay down there?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean it was fine like a couple hours later. It was just, you know, I I was stupid when I was making dinner and I had uh, I didn't wash my hands well enough after I cut up some some peppers and I went to pee and that's that. That's that. And All right, to, so I had to concoct a, a mix of baking soda and uh water and Submerge my penis in it. This is so
0: much information. I can't believe. You asked? I didn't ask for that part. I just said, "Is everything okay?" And that's all I asked.
1: Well, this way, if it happens to anyone else, they know what to do. There you go. That's the answer. You got like a paste. I I read it online. (laughs) It was rough. All
0: right. um, This week, I have some Marvel news. Oh yeah, yeah. We're 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 a little low on Marvel news this week, so I am going to pick some items. And talk about these items. Does that sound good?
1: Let's go for it.
0: All right. So, first of all, Willem Dafoe has been asked what he's done this year, film-wise. And he talked about making this movie Inside. And then he said, the other things I've been doing lately, I prefer to wait till we're ready for them to come out. So we know you know we we we've known whatever, but it's all it's it's so funny how secret they're keeping this spider man no way home stuff because we all know yes, it's not even a question, no, but this isn't even like oh, we all have an idea, like we all know he's back playing the green goblin, we know it, yeah, and yet everybody's playing very coy, and I think the reason why one of the um one of the 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 half baked um scoopers out there i forget which guy said that sony is sitting on a no way home trailer and poster which is like yeah no shit buddy like they have it ready and then they have a release date they have a marketing plan but i suspect they're actually sitting on it partially because they're waiting for the right moment during or after loki to release it
1: yes because
0: if this is the multiverse movie i think that it probably is important um that uh they they don't they don't want to get ahead of themselves. We talked about this, we talked about this last week how they held off the Spider Man trailer until after Endgame came out because there was so much dead Tony Stark shit in it. Yes. So I suspect it's going to be the same thing here. Um, so that but that makes a lot of sense. I mean, eh, eh, you know,
1: but it's just still funny how secret all of it is. So I'm it, very it, curious. It's, it's the worst kept secret, like ever. It really is. It's pretty impressive. Everybody knows. Everybody yeah. knows. Yeah. Um, it, it's almost to the point where I don't know if you you saw the thing with Suicide Squad trailer that came out this week and the joke with that. Which that one they, that they pulled that the Suicide like James Gunn announced like at this time the Suicide Squad trailer will be coming out and then like four hours earlier all the cast put it out mm. with like little messages like I'm I'm putting it out early screw what they want and it was like and people were like oh it leaked it leaked it was like no they this was on purpose. <laughs> like this is clear. Like J- Michael or what's his name? Uh, Jai, whoever, Jai, Quir- Jai Courtney didn't like just decide on his own. Like I'm going to put this out as an ad on YouTube. Like, you know, it was people, a setup. Are funny. Yeah. Uh,
0: the next bit of news, this is going to be really upsetting to you personally. Oh, I hope you're ready for this. So Kate Herron, the director of Loki has confirmed that Owen Wilson will not say, wow.
1: I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That's hard. I, I don't believe her. <laughs> you, think it, you think it's a misdirect? I think it's a misdirect. Wow. 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 <laughs> I do. I think it's a misdirect. Unless, I mean, maybe he doesn't. That's fine. He's got to branch out sooner or later, right? <laughs> Does he say wow well in, in, in uh, Tenenbaums? I don't know who, who remember. Who remembers? I don't know. Who can recall? I love that movie. He's got the best line in that movie. Or, yeah, he's got the best line in that movie. But.
0: Um, in other news, Assad Iez, the president of marketing for, Walt, marketing for Walt Disney Studios, says, "Yes, we know that the Eternals trailer was unbelievably vague and told you nothing. That was, in fact, the entire point." Yeah, What'd and they- but what's interesting? What's interesting? If you saw the Eternals teaser, it really gave nothing away. It was just an introduction to the characters and tone of the movie. It was a very, very early tease. We have so much more to do on that. We will be very judicious because we have to do other films and shows prior to Eternals hitting. And Eternals is such a special movie with all new characters, and we have two Marvel movies prior to that. So that gives us an advantage in using those to expose people more to Eternals, but also spacing things out. And that's interesting because it really gives a little bit of insight into how they're handling. Once upon a time, they were doing two movies a year. Yes. And I I remember million years, I was on the set of Iron Man 2 and Kevin Feige told me the goal is to have one Marvel movie every quarter. That's the goal.
1: Yeah.
0: And they're pretty much getting there, right? Well, now they're doing one a month. (laughs) One a month, (laughs) yeah. But that's because of the pandemic. We're not really going to hold that against them. (laughs) But they are doing one a month. Uh, But it is interesting to sort of think about how they're going to have to approach marketing if they are putting out multiple movies. Traditionally, you'd be like a year out, you're doing a lot of stuff stuff, but now you're not going to be doing that because you have two more movies coming out that you don't want to step on. Yeah, That's really fascinating. And those movies themselves give you the opportunity to debut brand new trailers.
1: Yes. So, And and also, I think at this point, Marvel itself is such a powerful brand that you tell people, hey, there's a new Marvel movie coming, and you don't need to tell them much about it. Well, I'm
0: torn about this when it comes to the Eternals, and I'll tell you why. Eternals is the most obscure thing they've put on a major motion picture yet. I know Shang-Chi will be the most obscure, frankly, like when that comes out, that is the most obscure, but Eternals is super obscure and nobody's ever done it well on page. Yes.
1: Yes. Well, which that's the interesting
0: thing. So there's like, not like a definitive Eternals run for everybody to talk about. I mean, there's the Jack Kirby stuff, but like, that's not his best work. Right. And so there's a lot of building for the audience. But the other thing is Eternals is a pivotal movie for Marvel. Like in terms of their storytelling and their plans, this is not yes. just like another, yet another franchise. This is a pivotal one. Yeah. And so it's got
1: to do well. But I, I remember these same conversations happening with guardians of the galaxy and nobody knows guardians of the galaxy. Nobody knows what that is. And it's a pivotal movie because it's introducing us to, to the rest of the universe. Like it's yes, true. A big, and everyone's like, Oh, if this doesn't do well, it did gangbusters. It's almost as if, they've got a good track record and they know what they're doing well it's interesting because surely I mean, sooner or later they're gonna have a movie that does not work like just law of averages well uh,
0: they've re- they've already had ones that don't work but you mean you mean i mean office. like
1: like box office wise just don't they just don't go like law of averages says so but i think they they've at this point reached reach a thing where they can be like marvel movie coming and everyone goes okay i'm, I'm marking it on my calendar and then that's it like
0: well yeah i mean yes and no sort of i think the thing with the guardians you're just misremembering a little bit because guardians had unbelievable trailers and marketing unbelievable like and the the soundtrack went such a fucking long way like having those songs playing in the trailers was yes. so fucking they, that uga chaga trailer was like fucking blew so the doors off of
1: everything yeah yeah
0: so it wasn't just like oh well here's marvel did another thing let's go see it it was like they they put no, together no, a no, fucking no. marketing that, that, campaign
1: that was out of control I, i'm, I'm like, talking about like before the marketing for that started and people were like how are they gonna pull this off nobody cares about those and then the marketing hit and that's the one where i think after that it became a thing of like anything that marvel puts their name on people are going to give it the benefit of the doubt
0: no of course but i'm saying that they had a a traditional marketing there eternals is not getting traditional marketing we already have a major eternals trailer right now if we're getting traditional marketing it was in november
1: yeah like we'd have like three trailers by now
0: we have so much information by now. Like we have so much footage and whatever by now, but it's not getting a traditional marketing. Like, and so that's the big difference. Like guardians was a total unknown, but it had a traditional marketing push with a ton of marketing with it. Yeah. And uh, they're not going to have as much runway because of the nature of the release of these other two movies. It says, I'm very interested in how that all works out personally. I'm I am as I, well. I,
1: I mean, we'll see, but I, I think, I think, I think they're working on the method of, It's a Marvel movie. People are going to go,
0: I don't think that's how you work in a, uh, on a $300 million motion picture, but that's just me.
1: Apparently apparently that's what they're doing. Right. I mean, they're trusting, they're trusting the brand is strong enough that they can hold off things for months at a time. I I think what's going to happen is I think they
0: have to, that's what that's what he's saying in that. We have other movies coming out. We can't stop. But but
1: even just being like, okay, we, this is what we're, you know, this is how we're going to play it because they did a similar thing with Spider-Man, uh, far from home where they didn't really advertise it until after uh, infinity war so Yeah, infinity. spider-man six that's such yeah, a no, totally no, no, different no. I, I mean it's a very different thing because it's spider-man but still they, they we know that they've played with this before being like okay if something really big in this movie affects what happens in that movie we can't really show too much no yet. for
0: sure no i know they're doing really interesting they're doing really interesting um all kinds of really interesting marketing stuff and they're doing it really different. I'm just I'm not saying they're going to fail. I'm just saying it's really interesting. Like yeah. this is very unusual to have a movie this pivotal to them that yeah. costs this much money that's supposed to start not just a new franchise but a bunch of fucking spin-offs. Yeah. This is supposed to spin off other movies. Yes. You know? Um like that there's still no information and only that one little teaser. That's pretty wild like in modern marketing terms. Yeah.
1: I mean I so. I would think we'll get a new trailer with black widow right
0: i would i would assume so
1: right and we'll we'll get a we'll get a trailer i would think black widow is when we get a trailer for the other three movies we get trailers for all three of them before black widow right like hey here's shang chi hey here's spider-man hey here's eternals that'd be my theory and maybe even dr strange maybe you go see black widow and the movie itself is 55 minutes but there's 12 28 minutes of of marvel trailers (laughs) who knows who knows what could be going on with that Eh,
0: who knows that is a good point uh marvel is not going to release wandavision or falcon winter soldier on blu-ray yes that's big news that's big news because there are people who have
1: is it i think so i don't think so i think it is why is it smart you want to see it you come to our streaming network
0: yeah, but here's the problem with this thought process. One, the people who are going to buy it, it's cheaper to get the fucking streaming network, frankly. You yes. know what I mean? Like, that's one. But two, the, the goal is
1: that you just keep paying for the streaming network.
0: No, of course. But two, the people who buy it, are they're going to have already paid for the streaming network because these are the people that are going to want to have watched it. I don't want to buy the Blu-ray for Falcon Winter Soldier if I haven't watched it, if I don't care enough to watch it.
1: I guarantee you there are people out there.
0: There's a sum for sure, but that's not like your main audience. And, 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 and that's,
1: and that's the other aspect of it, of like, how much is this really going to sell? You know?
0: I mean, it sells enough. It sells. Does I it? think it, I think it'll sell. I think it'll sell enough. And I think it sells enough. I think having it in circulation convinces people when the next season of one of these things, when the new Falcon Winter Soldier with the new Falcon yeah. comes out, that the fact that this is available for people to rent, I think that goes a long way to them signing up for the
1: service. I don't know. It seems weird to me. I, 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 I would think the bean counters at Disney were like, it's just not worth the money to do this anymore. I mean, Blu-ray and DVD sales are far down or way, way down. And it's just not, you know, I would, I, I would think TV shows that are on streaming networks do even worse than like a movie or anything, right? Because you'll just pay... Th- Ten bucks for the streaming for, for a week and Yeah, watch
0: it. I mean, really. I guess. I mean, like the thing is though, is that I also think that if you do these on Blu-ray, you can do them in smaller batches with like limited edition or special edition packaging, and
1: people will buy that shit. So you could still make money I think you can make money. But 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 again, I don't think I, I think there's a very small there's a small and getting smaller base of people who buy physical media when it comes to DVDs and Blu-rays. And it's becoming less and less.
0: Right. Um, so you soaked those people for a $60 box set of Falcon Winter
1: Soldier. Six discs. But but, but I, I think their their theory on it is we can do that or we can keep them on Disney Plus where we're making more money that way. We'll, we'll end up making more money in the long run. That's my theory on it. Because, mm-hmm. there, I mean, they announced today that, that – Snyder's Justice League is being released on on Blu-ray and 4K after saying it wouldn't be released which I'm taking as a sign that it's like this did not bring the numbers to HBO Max that we were expecting and we still got to make money off of this somehow you know so they're pushing it out I think
0: that you want to open up as many of your avenues as possible I suspect that they didn't sign deals for home video
1: for some stuff that I would be, be shocked if they didn't sign deals for home video know, maybe, maybe, they did because don't. I'm sure in other markets it's probably going to be available just not in the states Right. Because is Disney plus everywhere or is yeah, it uh, almost? It'll be everywhere pretty soon. Right. So maybe, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I just, I think, I think if there was money, if there was real money to be made from it, Disney would be all over and they just don't see it. Maybe a year or two down the line, they will see it and be like, okay, now we're putting it out. Like maybe they'll wait until the first season of every show is done and then put out a box set of, all maybe. of them. Maybe. You I don't know. know. But
0: It's just an interesting choice. I mean, it's an interesting choice. I mean, it does speak to the, the bad space that the, um, that the, uh, the whole, the whole bit, the business is in. It's just, it's very fascinating. Um, And, but there are people who 100% would buy those no matter what. I think you, there's, there is a built in base for that, but.
1: Oh, no, there definitely is. I mean, without, there are people that, you know, buy every version of, of Friday 13th that comes out every year, you know, but it's a small amount and there's a question of, is it worth the time and money, I guess. And they're like, Mm -hmm. no, this is not worth the time and money. Because I don't think it's it's available even to buy streaming. Like, you can't buy it on iTunes, I don't think, either. No, um, you can't, yeah. So they they seem to want to...
0: That makes sense. Not wanting it in another streaming way. That makes perfect sense. But, um, you know, I don't know. But anyway.
1: But I just think they want to keep it for Disney Plus as a selling point to Disney Plus. You know, this is this is where you get it. This is the one place for it. No place else.
0: Alright, and finally, as we were recording the Shang-Chi trailer dropped. We just watched it. What'd you think?
1: Looks pretty cool. It looks it looks pretty cool. You know, it's got the uh the basics of your origin movie in there. It's you know, we're not gonna see him in costume until the third act. You know, as always, yeah. As always, that's the basics, right? But uh I don't know, I thought it looked fun.
0: Uh this one definitely the first one had more like silliness to it, I guess. For lack of a better Uh, term. uh, More Aquafina in the first one. Yeah. More Aquafina in the first one. This one has a lot more uh, emphasis on like family and legacy and duty really makes some deep visual nods to crouching tiger, hidden dragon. Like quite clearly. Uh, More show in this one. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Yeoh. Yes. Um, And uh, shows us a big dragon underwater. Yes. Which may or may not be Fin Fang Foom and also ends with looks like shang chi in a in a, a he's, a, he's fighting in that fight
1: club thing fight from club the thing. first x-men movie
0: yeah and you know what it looks like he is it looks to me and we have not looked at other theories yet or whatever and this can't be right but i guess it could technically be right but i it feels wrong it looks like chad from the star Jammers, yes, who he is a big giant fucking green guy uh
1: head kind of
0: thing. Yeah, he, um, he's, he's a, he's a, he's a sordid and he's a part of the star jammers. Star jammers are a space pirate group who hang around with Cyclops, dad from the X-Men. So they're X-Men characters. But like the Star Jammers are X-Men characters in a weird way because in the movies, you would never know this, but the X-Men have villains that are not other mutants. Yes. No, they have adventures that are not just about other mutants. They have like a lot of space adventures. They have like a lot of fantasy adventures. And um, so the Star Jammers are a pretty big part of that world. But this guy looks a lot like Chad.
1: Like a he lot of lot. He does. He looks did, like a classic I, abomination, like comic book abomination. Yeah, I thought at first he was abomination based but then when i paused and i saw he's got a big red fin on his back i was like that's not abomination
0: i mean unless they're changing his look in because abomination is supposedly coming back yeah so um maybe they're changing his look maybe he comes back here maybe the he's mutated in a new way or something like that i hated his look in the hulk movie so i'm for him looking more like a traditional abomination i don't think chad has a big red fin on his back either to tell you the truth um so it's not 100%, but that really, like, that was the first fucking thought I had, and I was like, what? Can this be right? But I don't know, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, I thought it was good. It really gives um, a sense of the epic nature. Yes. Um, you know, it really gives, like, a real sense of, like, what this movie's going to be. That first trailer did not really give a huge sense. It seemed a little small, but this, like, it's big, big dragon. Big, uh, big lion batting a guy around um, a, a, lot of, uh, a lot of a lot of ten rings in action.
1: We see how they work. Yes. Uh, it was really, really good. It was really, really cool. And yep. it, I, it had, I, I am hoping that the ten rings are more than just rings that fly around. That like shoot off the arm and fly around. But yeah, I have a bad good. feeling that you're going <laughs> to
0: discover that just rings that fly around. Yes. <laughs> I mean, in the comics, each ring has an individual magic power. Um, Yeah. And it's pretty cool. But, you know, uh, the movies, they tend to dumb that shit down a lot. They
1: do, which I I keep hoping that we're past that point. You know, when we've hit the point where it's like, well, we just did infinity war right <laughs> like, like we've gotten real crazy with this stuff we uh thor ragnarok is pretty nuts so yeah. maybe we can play more but they never seem to
0: you know they, maybe they're afraid because this is such a brand new franchise and it's such a deeply unknown franchise it's yeah. so deeply unknown it has no real precursor like i mean it is the most obscure thing they've ever done um, maybe they're afraid. I mean, it's, it's, I'm gonna, I'm curious. I'm curious to see how it works out. I wonder if at the end of the movie, they discovered the real powers of the rings. You know, that's possible. Yes. Oh, you've only been using it for this all along. Well, let me tell you, I'm here to show you how it really works. Like, you know, I don't, I guess we'll find out. All detail, I'm pretty excited.
1: Yeah. It looked good. It looked really cool. You know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm very hopeful. I like the bit at the end with that, with the fight guy, whoever that might end up being, you know, where it. The way they set that up with the uh, Aquafina being like, You got this, don't worry about it. And then just catch that shot of that dude jumping yeah. at him. And it's like, Yeah, that's pretty good. That's a yeah, good, good little sight gag yeah. action there.
0: Yeah, I'm excited about the inclusion of more uh wushu stuff in this because i was really concerned from the last trailer i think the last How was going to work is going to be one and a half acts in san francisco yeah. and then and then the back half it'll get more fantastical but i want just fantastical i want just wushu that's all that i want i don't want to watch people fighting on buses frankly
1: yeah yeah i'm not overly excited about the bus fight you know it, we just had a train fight in captain marvel you know mix it up we also yeah. just had a train fight in loki mix it up what about a plane you know, what about Submarine? I guess that's Aquaman. You can't do that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, they, they, it's it, I'm always waiting for Marvel to really go full out and they always do bus fights and it's like, oh, OK, like you're really caught in this reality world of everything's got to look real. And I'd like to see them mix it up a little bit more. But yeah. What can do. I you guess know. we'll find out. We'll find out. We're so close. September so soon. Do you figure the kid stuff will be flashbacks or are we going to have to, is it going to be linear?
0: I bet it's flashbacks. I bet they were going to yeah. catch up with him in the modern day and we'll flashback. Yeah. That's my yeah, guess. That's what I figured. But, all right. Um, speaking, but let's, you know, uh, uh, speaking of, of, of fights on transport, on public transport, do you want to talk about the
1: latest episode of Loki? Oh, you want to do jokes? Oh, we gotta do jokes. Let's do jokes and then we'll do it. Oh, you got jokes. All right. Uh how does Black Panther do his shopping? How does Black Panther do his shopping? From a catalog. Cat-A-log. We'll, we'll, we'll allow it. I will not. What does Ant-Man take when he's sick? Uh what does Ant-Man take when he's sick? Ant antibiotics. <laughs> I see a pattern here. Yep. Okay. And the last one. What do you call Black Panther when he's having a bad day? What? A sourpuss.
0: I'd like to see you do that. I'd like to see you call him <laughs> the sourpuss. Hey,
1: I did not write this.
0: All right. Now can we use my good trend? My, my excellent transition that I just I, I, I brought know. out too oh, early.
1: Yeah. You always forget about the jokes.
0: I always forget about the jokes. Uh, are
1: you I don't know, know how they're you- so memorable.
0: Are you ready? Are you ready to talk about another fight on public transportation on this week's Loki? Yes. Let's do it. loki season one episode three lamentus and if you thought we were gonna open with the reveals of what happened when the sacred timeline got bombed you are mistaken we are we're not gonna deal with that at all this episode nope that i, hey. I, I you're the kind of person that that I bet was mad about that
1: no uh, no <laughs> I am <laughs> torn <laughs> This is not a bad episode, but it's also not a good episode. And it's like they could have mixed it up a little bit. Uh I loved this episode. Uh um, Felt like it was overly
0: long. Uh it's shorter than the previous two. Yes, it is.
1: Uh so we it's o- outer worlds level. That's what this episode was. It was what level? Outer worlds. Outer worlds. Uh, video game Borderlands Fallout. It's that's oh, what this episode is. Yeah, that feels that way. I get that.
0: So we open in a little flashback where the variant is inside the memory of Hunter C twenty, um, and we find out we in the last episode of Hunter C twenty we saw saying I told, I I I I gave away the location of the timekeepers. This is how the variant does it. She has created this memory from Hunter C twenty's own head. And uh, they're hanging out having dinner and they're old friends in the memory. And uh, she is trying to lo- – the, the female Loki, Lady Loki Sylvie, let's just say Sylvie, Sylvie yeah, is, trying to, is trying to get the information out of Hunter C-20 by doing like, oh, we're best friends, right? So where are the timekeepers? And uh, it's interesting. First of all, I didn't realize this until this episode when her hair was down. Hunter C-20 is from the motion picture, Daniel Isn't Real. Oh, yeah? Did you see that movie? I did not. Yeah, she's a pretty major actor in that. And I was like, the second she showed up with her hair down, I was like, huh, who is this? And then that's that was that case. And then, uh, so this is uh, a, a pretty fascinating sequence uh, because it, it really opens up like a lot of new, this episode in general starts answering a lot of these questions, uh, you know, uh, but here we sort of see like, uh, this whole fascinating thing happening because this Hunter has very human memories.
1: Yes. Down to uh, having brain freeze and hanging out at a, what looks like a, like a mall restaurant. Oh, I thought it was like a nice, like on the water restaurant sort of. No, no, no. I mean, I was they, Sylvie even says this place keeps getting shut down for, for, Health violations. So that's what, like it looks like I and I from her saying as well, I took it as this is this is a crappy place.
0: Well, we can also, by the way, just tell when this takes place, by the way. Because the music that's playing over the opening credits or like over the Marvel logos and stuff and then it's playing in the restaurant is an artist named Haley Kyoko. And Haley Kiyoko, uh was pretty much recording like uh, starting 2000, 2015. So okay. this is within the last few years. Very recent. That's very recent. And in line with the rest of the episode, uh, Haley Kyoko is a modern LGBTQ icon.
1: Oh, I did not know that.
0: She is very, uh, very out as a lesbian and is very involved in uh, uh, gay rights uh, activism.
1: I've, I've learned two things about Haley Kiyoko today. Well, three, Learn that she existed. Well, that was one of the two.
0: <laughs> oh, one of the two. Well, <laughs> three. Because you learned that she's a lesbian and then she's started recording music in 2015.
1: Yes. But if <laughs> I put that with her existence is she, <laughs> this is a musician who started around 2015. Okay. She's a lesbian. Well, there you go. <laughs> there you go. A but
0: lesbian, but
1: lesbian.
0: it's a, it's a real, it's a real wink and nod uh, to the audience, to the audience that knows what to look for. And uh, especially because this episode is going to blow the doors off LGBTQ representation in the MCU in a, in a pretty major way. So yes. Although I guess like not really in a major way, but like by the standards that we're used to, it's a major way. Yes. (laughs) Not even to, not even to the levels of Dr. Who yet, but we're getting there. (laughs) I think there's like cartoons with like more explicit gay representation than than these movies and shows, but you know, we're, we're, we're working on it. Um, so we, uh, we then cut to the end of last episode where Loki jumps through the portal after Sylvie, and it turns out it's funny because she goes to this portal, he jumps after her, and I'll tell you, like I had no idea where they were going to end up, but legitimately, the last place I expected was going to be the TVA.
1: Really, that's exactly where I thought she
0: was. Going. I did not think that. Like I don't think I I would I don't think Loki did either because I can't imagine he would have followed no, he, her. He
1: seemed very confused when he came through the, the door.
0: Um, so he goes back to the door and he goes and stops at the locker and gets his daggers. And then we have some uh, fighting happening here. Yes, uh, yeah, it's pretty Sylvie, good. It's pretty
1: good fighting. Sylvie beats up a bunch of guards. She does a, a move them.
0: that is incredible, where Which she means. runs up the side of a wall and jumps yes. over a
1: guy. Really great. Yeah, it's very cool. Yeah, and she she kills she disintegrates a bunch of them with their little six stick kind of things. Whatever you know, know what and oh, them. six sticks. That's good.
0: Uh, you know what's really funny though is that she, every time she disintegrates one of these guys, she drops the
1: weapon. Yeah, I hate that so much. And, I mean, and it's not like they just did that for the first time here. That's such a common action movie thing, where it's like, "Hey, hold on to the, hold on to your weapon. You're probably going to need it again." The reason In why the she, least be secure. The reason why she, you know, why she drops it, right? Continuity. I don't know. Because she's going to
0: fight Loki at the end of the sequence, and they don't want her to have that weapon. It's as simple as that, I think. I think that's honestly the reason why. They don't want her to have that weapon because she's going to fight Loki. Well, then
1: just have her using her sword the whole time. Well, I guess headcanon
0: could be that because she hates the TVA so much that she only uses their weapons against them. And then even that, she's disgusted by having to touch the TVA's weapons. How's that for headcanon?
1: There you go. You get the no prize. (laughs) Um,
0: so they get into a fight, they got like right up to the timekeepers front door. It seems like.
1: Yes. And because, I mean, that's according to the, the agent, it's the gold elevator. Yeah. Right. So it's
0: Willy Wonka is through there. I say. Yeah. well, that's the glass elevator. Um, but, uh, they get into like a big Donald fight. Donald Trump's through there. <laughs> it's the gold
1: elevator. Would that be incredible? I made the uh, time stream. It's amazing the time. <laughs> You're going to keep having to work on that Trump impersonation. Yeah, I'm very bad at it.
0: I'm sorry. I do a better Bernie. <laughs> well, what, is, what does Bernie sound like as the head of the timekeepers?
1: Tony Stark should give 1% of his time <laughs> to to Captain America, who has lost his time with his girlfriend.
0: That's pretty good. Thank you. I would have actually guessed that as Bernie Sanders if you hadn't told me. That's pretty good. Um, I mean, you
1: uh, grew up with people that sounded like that. So yeah,
0: that's that the thing. We grew up people that sound like both of them. The thing is that I w- I was not necessarily a Bernie guy in the primaries, but I had a very strong desire to see Bernie and Trump um, debate. Yes, because it would be I, like
1: sitting on the corner. Yeah, exactly.
0: Like sitting on a corner and two different two different cranky guys yelling at each other yeah. back home in Queens. Yeah, and that's really yeah. what it would have sounded like. Um. They're fighting, and as they're fighting, um, Ravona shows up with a couple more TVA guys, and uh, Sylvie's like coming in closer, and I'll kill Loki. And she's like, yeah, "Go ahead, yeah. <laughs> please do." Yeah, I like
1: that. <laughs>
0: um, and uh, what happens here is that Loki grabs the the tent pad that they have and activates it underneath them, so they fall through the floor, and they land in a uh, in a in a shack, and yes. it turns out. It's a shack on Lamentus One in the year twenty seventy seven, yes. and it is uh, a a moon that is about to collide with the planet.
1: Yes, this now is one you, of her
0: apocalypses. Do you know Lamentus One? Lamentus is
1: just like a, a toss off name in the annihilation nope. storyline. K- kind of, it, it's in the Cree space. It's in Cree controlled space, and uh, it was yeah. part of annihilation conquest. It, it was. A location in annihilation conquest, but it's
0: like not really a location. Like it's a like, it's a place that's like it's, mentioned more or less. Um, it's not it, like a, it's between like the two big events that are going on is lamentus. Yeah, but like there's not like a lot happen. Like in terms no. of like storylines taking place, there's nothing really that happens there. It's multi just people mentioning it or like yeah. you know it's it's not like. So I feel like this might be a name they just pulled out of the Wikipedia. I just the, the nature of the name connected
1: to the Cree. So it's like, Oh, it kind of brings it into stuff we already have in the MCU. So why not?
0: Yeah. And then the name is good. You know, lament yeah, yeah, like, it's a good uh, name. as yeah. soon as somebody says, where are we? We're on lamentus you know, you're in big yep. fucking trouble. Like that just is like, <laughs> you know, you're in borderlands town. <laughs> so they're on this, they're in this, uh, her bunker, um, on Lamentus this is one of her apocalypses. And, um, she is, uh, tries to get the temp head, uh, run working, but it turns out that it is out of battery, and it has the classic Mac no battery image on it, which yes. I thought was very funny. That was good. I like that. Um, like a little touch like that can be can be irritating, but I think in this case it really worked for me, like in a very big way. I thought it was very charming.
1: Well, it, it's just instant knowledge of what that is.
0: Okay, right. you know exactly what's happening yeah. here. Nobody has to like you know explain some alien hieroglyph or whatever. Yeah. Um. So what? what's happening here is that, so this planet is is going to hit this, this moon's going to hit this planet, and there are all these meteors coming as the gravitational forces of the two bodies are destroying each other. And uh, Loki and uh, Sylvie have this, like, big run across this mine uh, area, this, like, strip mine area,
1: dodging yeah. meteors the whole time. It's pretty good. I think it looks great. This is a great-looking episode. Like, I feel like... This episode cost more than all of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Unreal, right? I mean, like there is not one single empty courtyard in this episode. No, and, and it's crazily designed. Like they design an entire like alien block. At least, right? So it's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, I, I love how this episode looked. It really did feel like we're on an alien planet. It didn't feel like, oh, we're, you know, it didn't feel like, oh, we're at Vasquez Rocks or whatever. It felt yeah. like, you know, they are obviously on a set this whole time. Um, that, that goes a long way, frankly. Yeah. I know that Falcon and Winter Soldier didn't want to do that, and I respect that. But, boy, sometimes it really makes a difference. I think some set dressing would be nice. <laughs> you know, that's
1: all. With, <laughs> with set dressing?
0: With Falcon and Winter Soldier?
1: Yeah. maybe pink that brown wall green every now and again i don't know something
0: so they are there's 12 hours until this 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 moon is destroyed and um uh, they have this whole conversation where um she says that she's sylvie she she does not want to be called loki she hates that name she doesn't like any of the associations with that name um and uh they come to an understanding that they're gonna have to work together because loki has taken the tent pad and he has hidden it he says in his heart In my heart, which he did not. He did not. He put it in his butt. Yeah. He does. It's his butt. He pulls it out of the back of his pants. So uh, it is, in fact, hidden in his butt.
1: Yeah. Unless his heart's in his ass, maybe. We don't know Asgardian. Physiology, right?
0: <laughs> that is a good point. That is possible. So they decide that they're going to have to go to the next town and try to get a power source. Like that's like the plan. Like, like we got to power this thing back up. And uh, but Sylvie's really upset because she's like, "This is the worst apocalypse." Like, out of all of the ones that I have hideouts at, this is like the f- straight up shittiest one. And uh, it makes a lot. You know, I think that she's right because truly, this nothing goes well for these guys in this whole yeah. episode. Yeah. So they go walking and they find an abandoned town and they have like a whole thing like where um Loki tries to be like, Hey, plug that why do try plug that temp pad into that neon sign. And it's very funny. Her Sylvie and Loki's back and forth. The, you know, the first two episodes of this show it was all Owen Wilson and Tom Hiddleston. Yeah. Uh but now I think that I really like this new dynamic here. what what did you think of these two together? They're great. They're great together. It yeah. is just like really, I mean, Sofia Martino just really, I think, nails it. She has so much chemistry with him. Yes. And I think that
1: there's, there's a lot of... They're both really good at playing stupidly smug. Yeah. Like neither of them has the one up on the other throughout this whole episode, but they both keep acting like they do. And I like that. Right. You know, I, I like that she is, she's going by sylvie but she is a loki right (laughs) like like, down to like i don't need you and he has to be like yes you do because i have the thing that you need she's like damn it okay yeah he's like but i don't need you and she's like yes you do because you don't know how to charge he's like oh yeah uh." like i like that i like that they they constantly are sure that they're they're the one who's smarter and neither of them are very smart.
0: There's a nice chemistry in the way that they work together because a lot of the dialogue they have in this episode is bickering. And I think that bickering can be really fucking irritating. I think that it can be really difficult to watch if you're not doing it well, but they really do it in a very fun way. Yeah. I I also think the bickering in this episode is well-written bickering because another thing that happens sometimes in TV shows or movies is characters will bicker and you feel like they're just going in circles constantly. But I feel like each of their bickering sessions, they do move forward within them. Yes.
1: So I was very impressed by that as well. And and their bickering, not every bit of bickering, but their bickering usually leads to a, a reveal about one of them, which is good. Yes. You know.
0: Yeah, I think that's the thing, is that none of these sequences, none of these bickering things are just jokes. None of these bickering things are just wasting time. A lot of time bickering feels like, to me, a screenwriter is um, uh, treading water and thinks that they're being clever by having characters exchange insults. But those insults need to speak to the character and need to open up new areas of information about each of the characters.
1: Yes. And this episode does that really well, I think. It's, for lack of a better... Way to put it, it's Clerks versus Clerks (laughs) 2. Isn't that the story of all life? Yes.
0: In fact, I think that's the New Testament and the Old Testament, right? Clerks versus Clerks (laughs) 2? So I guess Clerks 2 is the New Testament of Clerks. Yes, there you go. And Clerks the Animated Series is the Apocrypha. This is the Apocrypha. So they find this hut, and there's somebody inside of it. And so they have this disagreement about how to approach Sylvie wants to just bust in and take power from here. And Loki's like, no, 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 Uh, diplomacy and guile will work best. And so uh, Sophie just busts open the door anyway. And she gets immediately shot by some kind of like sonic weapon or something that like blows her back 20 feet. Yeah. And then Loki's like, all right, I'm going to handle this now. (laughs) And He goes in and he sees that there's a woman in the doorway who's like sitting there like classic frontier lady, like in a rocking chair, like a shotgun in her lap. Like that's the imagery that we're talking about here.
1: Yeah.
0: And then he sees that she has a picture of her dead husband, or seemingly, we assume dead husband, right? Yeah. yeah. Loki certainly assumes dead husband. And um, he transforms himself into that guy. And then he steps into the doorway and is like, oh, dear, you're as beautiful as ever. I missed you so badly. And she's like, She shoots him. She's like, she's like Terrence, and he's like, oh, I've missed you so much. And then she shoots him, and goes, he's never said it. He never said anything that nice in forty years of marriage. (laughs) Yeah,
1: which is good. I like that. Again, that's what I'm talking about. About like their smug stupidity because they're both so sure their plan will work. They're both horrible plans. There's like a lot of cartoon
0: stuff in this sequence, you know, and it really feels like a good Bugs Bunny. Elmer Fudd, like forced to be together, and neither one of them coming out on top. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, it really, it really worked for me.
1: But, I mean, th- th- there's a bit later on where Sylvie is like, "That's not a plan. What one move is not a plan, but all of her plans are one move, right? You know, and that's what they are. They don't think ahead because they're always so sure they know what to do. I love it. I, I, I love the way that Loki and now Sylvie are handled in these things where. You know, we saw it in the last episode when he's like, I'm 10 steps ahead of you. You have no idea what my plan is. And almost it's like, you want to meet the Time Lords and take over? He's like, oh, (laughs) like, yeah, everyone knows what your plan is. It's obvious.
0: There's an interesting aspect to this because she gets really mad at Loki because she says to him earlier, this plan was years in the making. Like I had spent years on this plan and you just bumbled in right at the end and fucked it up. Yeah. And so she does have the ability to plan,
1: but I do But, but want- her plan was terrible. I think she was going to win if he didn't show up. I, maybe. Her plan required somebody knowing where the Time Lords were, a random person that she grabbed, knowing where the Time Lords are, and then being able to quickly find the golden elevator. Well, but you know what?
0: She had been um, doing this for a while. That's why they called Loki in, And yep. I wonder if she had been going through these people – and getting – trying to get the information she finally hit the right one. Maybe. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it was a terrible plan. I think that's because she had been doing it for a while. This is not like – she just started this last week. She had been yeah. doing it for some time and that's what made the TVA decide to call her in. Yeah. And uh, so I think it was a good plan. But here's my question and I'm not trying to – I'm not trying to deny that a woman can have a good plan. I, I, you have to like preface stuff. In the modern world, because people uh jump to the bad faith reading of what you're going to say, this is not a bad faith reading I'm, I'm, please don't go to the bad faith reading. I should say um but women isn't aren't
1: funny <laughs> <laughs> never have been
0: I'm uh, I'm but joking. what if
1: there's another character pulling strings still? you mean let's take what you said for grant Ed and <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes, there is still one major actor who has been announced for this show who has not appeared yet. Yes. And there's a lot of theories that he's playing an old Loki. and Because he's
1: perfect for that?
0: He'd be perfect for it, yeah. And so it's plausible that he might be the guy pulling strings behind the scenes. So that, that yes. plan might have been his plan? Yeah.
1: It seems reasonable to me, you know? There's also, I don't know if we want to get into uh, something that Marvel released that reveals quite a bit about Sylvie.
0: You know, I didn't watch it.
1: Okay. It doesn't, it's one quick shot that kind of gives away some stuff about it. Well, is it a spoiler? I don't know because they put it in that little trailer thing. So I don't know if it's a spoiler. Like, I don't know how to.
0: Okay. I mean, like, I guess if you're worried about a spoiler, jump ahead uh, a
1: minute or two, right? So go ahead, tell us. It shows a young Sylvie in the TVA. Like a, a child version of Sylvie in the TVA.
0: Well, actually, that feels like not a super spoiler because I guess let's just jump around because um, the reveals that happen over the course of this episode, let's just talk about how all the what the reveals are that happen yes. over the course of this episode. Yeah. Sylvie reveals to Loki a couple of things, one of which is that the TVA is manned by variants who yes. have been brainwashed or had their memories erased yeah. and have no idea that they're variants. Which and is, is why so Eugen
1: Cordero doesn't know what fish are. I suppose
0: this is what I told you last week. I said because I think he had been brainwashed too hard.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> and so, um, and then that ties into the theory about uh, about Owen Wilson being a uh, a '90s guy. Yes. <clears throat> and that works for Hunter for the Hunter too, right? But so. That's one thing. So we know that the TVA brings variants into the facility all the time and does not delete them. But two, in this episode, Sylvie mentions that she's been on the run from the TVA her whole life. If she is a variant Loki on the level that she is a female Loki, which means that she varianted from like the womb. Yeah. Pre-birth. I mean, technically, right? Yeah. Like she – when she was real little, probably could not have had the ability to get away from the TVA. But what if the TVA showed up at her birth, took her, and said, oh, we could really use a Loki variant here working yep. for us. Yeah. And so she spent maybe a lot of time growing up in the TVA and then escaped. Yes. That makes a lot of sense. And that makes a lot of sense – not spoiler stuff. That makes sense based on what is revealed in this episode.
1: Yes, very much. So. Yeah. Because she, she does remember that, her mother – only right. fleeting glimpses. Well, and it's I have played to as see. if she's dead, like like oh my, uh, Frida died early, died when I was young. Well, I
0: you don't know, know if she ever even
1: got adopted by Asgardians. And she's wearing Asgardian stuff, so. I mean, maybe because she, like she did. maybe she got outfitted by old Loki. But like, I, mean, like, I don't like, know. In the shot of her as a kid, she's wearing the same outfit. Oh, like so that might
0: just be a decision made by by the production to uh make it clear who she is i don't know I, I guess we'll find out in a future episode right but i just it seems to me like it seems reasonable that she would have been a variant from very young and the tva would have gotten involved very 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 early yes. um and so i i you know that does make a lot of sense but the reveal that the tva is all people like they're not created by the timekeepers and loki's like what i thought they were all created by the timekeepers and somebody's like are you yeah. stupid like what <laughs> It's such an incredible reveal, and it's it, it's been really well set up. Like It's one very of those cool. ones where I think when people on the internet are like, oh, we already guessed that. That means that they were playing fair with you, man.
1: Yes. Yeah. We should applaud this. I agree. I, they did a very good job of it. I, I, I think they they handled that very well.
0: So they talked to this lady, and they discovered there is an arc that is taking off. And to get to the arc, you have to go to the train station, take a train to the arc. And Sylvie's like, I think that arc is going to generate enough power to turn this temp pad back on, and we can then just jump the fuck out of here. So they decide that they're going to go to the arc. so they head off to the train. Yeah. Um, but the thing is that uh, this, this apocalypse is happening along class lines. The poor are forced to line up for hours for the train while the rich get escorted directly on board, and there's no chance the poor are getting on
1: board. Yeah.
0: So our two characters decide they have to get on this train, and Sylvie's whole plan is like to beat up some guards and shit like that, and they're uh, again, the train. A, a one-step plan. Yeah. Well, her plans yeah. are all about violence. It's about immediately yeah. going to violence because yeah. she has that frost giant in her, right? I mean, like he does too, but like she doesn't have
1: that lifetime of. She's you know, also, I mean, if we're right, she's just spent her life on the run, and she's also possibly trained by the time variant. You know, which their entire method is just destroy everything. We you have to destroy really, the stuff.
0: What's really cool philosophically about this premise is that it allows a real examination of nature versus nurture. And, like, you can look at these two characters and see which elements of their personalities are just part of their DNA or their makeup and which parts of their personalities are inspired by their um, environment and their experiences. It's pretty cool. Yes. So – Loki's like, that's not going to work. So, what he does is he magics himself
1: into a guard uniform. He looks ridiculous in this guard uniform, by the way. He looks ridiculous, and his authoritarian voice is great. I love it. It's
0: very funny. He does this whole thing where it's like, oh, okay. So, uh, you know, we're going to give. <laughs> he, he, he sounds like
1: Pee Wee Herman at the end of Pee Wee's Big Adventure when he's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, Mr. Mr. Herman. Mr. Herman. Yeah, but, he, but he's doing that. He's like, we were uh, what was he say he's, he's like he's like headquarters was supposed to contact you and like tell you to let us on right away <laughs> it's so good. like like it's such a weird voice to put on and he's all like stiff and stuff it's great i loved it this was fantastic
0: and there's like something really funny about his decision in this sequence which is that he decides to make her a prisoner which makes no sense within the context of the environment they're in and it's like he's just like going back to like the kinds Basics. of well, it's the, it's, it's the thing from Thor Ragnarok.
1: Yeah. Well, and, uh, that's my brother sick, but it's like, but it's that's like that same
0: thing. Inso- instead of doing the like, Oh, she's a big VIP. I'm escorting her on. Yeah. He can't bring himself to do that. She has to be lower than him. That's what he hated about my brother sick. He yeah. hated the idea that he had to be lower. Yes. And so he can't and, bring himself to like, let her be like the big fancy VIP.
1: Yeah. And and I think it's also important to point out that he's putting on this voice, this goofy authoritarian voice. He's wearing the outfit. He's clearly like very stiff and uncomfortable in it. And he says earlier, I would never pretend to be anybody else. Right. He's pretending to be somebody else. And he, you can tell he hates it and it's all done without him saying a word about it. It's beautifully done. Just beautifully done.
0: So she has to, because he's so bad at this, she has to brainwash one of the guards to let them on. Earlier as they're walking, they talk – this is this is earlier, right? They talk about how she brainwashes people?
1: No, they talk about it on, on the train. Earlier she tried to brainwash Loki and it didn't work. Okay, so they talk about it after the train then. Yeah, they get it on the train. They discuss. Well, let's just talk about it here anyway because yeah. the way that it works is that – It's literally the next scene. So. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> well, they were talking about it while they were walking and how it didn't work and he was like yeah. – So you just taught yourself this and it was magic that she just taught herself. And she just gets into somebody's mind and what she – this is the – this is they drop in it piece of information that feels like it's going to be like a huge thing. She says, sometimes the tough minds, I have to create fantasies for them to live inside of, and then I yeah. can get the information for them. That yeah. is so obviously setting up a thing later on in the series, even though it's also a thing that
1: happened at the beginning of the episode. Yes. It's so clearly going to happen later on in the in the series. So, so much so that I was positive this entire episode after she tried to brainwash him was was that him being brainwashed. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, he's definitely under her control now. <clears throat>
0: I think they're going to hold it off to later. I think they're going to pull it up like in like. Episode five or six, they'll do like a big reversal where something will happen. We'll be so fucking stunned at what happens. Yeah. And then, no, in fact, it is just Our the memory. brainwashing. Yep.
1: They get on the train. It's got to be in their memory. She can trap them in a memory. So it's got to be something from their past, which is Renee Russo going to show up? Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, like, I would not be surprised. Yeah. They talk about her quite a bit here. She's very important in this sequence. Yeah. And And she's very important to to Loki in general, which very important to Loki in
0: general, but they really go out of their way um, to really remind us about how important she is. You know what I mean? Yeah.
1: And this is the second time they've done that.
0: They get on this train. They talk about brainwash. They talk about about life. You know, Loki talks to her about like his life experience. She doesn't want to open up to him. And what I really liked in this sequence is that they clearly have sexual chemistry. Yes. And nothing makes more sense than Loki having terrific sexual chemistry with himself. Yes. It is, like, so perfect.
1: Yeah, of course he would.
0: Um, but this is the scene where uh, MCU history is made because she asks him, She's like, you're a prince. You know, have there been many princesses who have tried to win your favor? Or, I don't know, princes? And he's like, well, a little bit of both, actually. Yeah. And so Loki is now canonically bi. Yep. Which is not that
1: surprising. <laughs> sound sound the joy. Oh, like, I don't know, I- I mean, I, I, I understand why it's a big and exciting moment in some ways, but in other ways it's like, yeah, a guy just said, yeah, I'm by, Okay, like, that's still not much going on there, you know? Yeah, I mean, like... It's a it, hand wave. It's it like, would be hey. nice to see him, like, actually kiss somebody. Or just a be man. in a loving relationship with another man. Like, He's he, Loki, there's just no chance of that. I, yeah, yeah. W- which is also, I mean, in five years th- there will be this the discussion of, why was Marvel's first gay character evil you know and then we'll have to we'll go through that discussion again
0: yeah but loki's so beloved right now i don't think that they're gonna make him evil again it's typical disney (laughs) (laughs) um but uh it's a bit you know it's we, we we've had a lot of uh characters in mcu and disney that have been like an openly gay character but they don't actually say that they're gay they don't talk about being gay cruella has like a guy who's like a glam dude who's like an openly gay character but how you know whatever i mean that's just like stereotypes that's not like an actual openly gay character he's just stereotypically gay
1: yeah it's always wink wink nod nod hey you know scar and lion king come on we all know he's gay come on like we're not gonna say it but come on
0: i mean until (laughs) this episode until this episode, Joe Russo remains the gayest character in the MCU. He's still the
1: gayest character in the MCU. He's still is the gayest character. Because <laughs> <laughs> he is gay. He's not, he's not bi, which I'm not saying uh, bi gonna, is any you, less gay you're than, gonna, than... You're going to step than, on some landmines yeah. with that one. No, I'm um, not saying bi is any less gay than gay. But with bi, they can now be like, look, he said he's bi. So now we're just going to show him with women all the time. And that's yeah. I mean bad. that.
0: That does offer now. out. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um,
1: but, uh, you know, I mean...
0: It's still a big moment in terms of moving forward. It's not as moving as it, forward as it, it should it have is. been. And, and,
1: and I imagine if I was bisexual or gay, I'd be like, hey, all right, good good deal, good job. Like, it's a step. It's a step forward. I'd be very happy about
0: that. I mean, I think if you were bisexual or gay, you'd be like, oh, wow, that's it.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, yeah. I mean, I'd be like, yeah, he's been buying the comics for ages.
0: Well, I think a straight guy is like and it's And also easier. the
1: original stories. like,
0: this is. Yeah I mean I think as I think as I think as, gay, as straight guys it's much easier for us to go well this is a pretty big deal. Uh when in yeah, fact that's I why I don't think
1: it is I, I feel like it's just a hand wave. Like I yeah
0: I no, I agree but it, it it's both a hand wave and it is also in forward moment, motion. Yes, it's, it's it's both yeah. things at once. Yeah. So Sophie despite saying that she did not trust him enough to take a nap takes a nap.
1: Yes. And when she wakes up Loki is sloshed. No he's not You don't think he's sloshed? He says, "I'm "I'm full. I'm not drunk. I'm full, mind (laughs) you. I'm very full." (laughs) Which I really like that line. If I
0: was still drinking, I would definitely have have folded that into my repertoire when people accuse me of being drunk. I would definitely. I'm not drunk. I'm full.
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a great line. It's the mind you. I'm very full. That really makes me like a lot. Um,
0: and he is he is sloshed as hell, and he is leading the whole bar car in a, an Asgardian song.
1: Yes, which apparently it, is made up for the show. I think.
0: Well, yes, there is no Asgard.
1: Well, but but I'm saying like whatever the song was, I wasn't sure if it was like maybe it was like an old Nordic song that they um, used, but so I could he, not find anything online about it being. He does in appear to be singing song. in Norse. He does. He does. That's why that, that was the moment. Like once they stopped just singing the same line over and over again, I was like, oh, maybe this is a real song. And I looked it up and all I could find was, look, it's Loki singing this song. But nothing about if the song is old or not.
0: One. I will say that Tom Hiddleston's got a nice voice.
1: Yeah, he's good job. Which, it's, you know, it's like he's a trained Shakespearean actor.
0: Well, you know, what? and all, I mean, he, he, he did, he did play Hank Williams. He played by Hank Williams in a, in a biopic, terrible I fucking movie. I forgot
1: about that movie. I forgot a, that a horrible film. Yeah. It did not look good.
0: I mean, I can't even begin to tell you how bad it is, but I think he sang in that. Um, but he sings really nicely here. And the song is great because it has this rousing, uh, group singing section and then in the middle this darkly mel- mel- melancholic moment yeah and then back to the group singing and that is good character work for loki too yes it, it's just the song itself is good character work for loki
1: yes it is
0: um but the thing is that loki doing this has captured a little bit too much attention and somebody goes and gets the guards and the guards come in Plus, like, he, hey, he's,
1: he's in his TVA gear. Again. He yeah, he has
0: gotten rid job. of his guard outfit, and he's now yeah. back in his TVA gear. Um, he has let go of that glamour. And uh, the guards come in, and they're like, all right, what's the ticket? And he tries to get his show them a ticket, and he just creates fireworks, which he had done earlier to show yes. Sophie that he could create
1: fireworks. Because with. his mom did that for him when right. he was a kid. Yeah,
0: There's an interesting thing here, and I don't want to nitpick this too hard, right? Because I enjoy this. But why didn't he just make f- tickets at the very beginning of the holding? I guess because he didn't know what the tickets are supposed to look like.
1: Yeah, he doesn't have uh, psychic paper, so he can't just make it happen.
0: Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess if he knew what the tickets look like, he could glamour up fake tickets. But because he doesn't know what they're supposed to look like, anything he made could be deeply suspect. I guess. Okay, I'll I'll, I'll allow it. Um, so, but when he does not have tickets, a fight scene breaks out, and yes. very different from the fight scene at the end of last episode. This is a kick ass fight scene.
1: Yeah, I was a little upset with this fight scene. Why? I feel like they missed an opportunity to do Loki drunk fight. Because mm-hmm. he just instantly sobers up. And I was like, ah, like I'm sure that's one of his many abilities. I don't have a question with him sobering up. Yeah, but I suspect I, that's what he doesn't because he's still bad with it. Like he misses with the knife and stuff. Yeah. And but like I I like and this is probably unfair to Tom Hiddleston. This is definitely unfair to Tom Hiddleston. But I'm watching, I'm like, oh man, Jackie Chan would make this so awesome. <laughs> like because he would do like the, the drunken master fight kind of right. stuff and he'd be like oh that'd be really fun to see in the sequence yeah uh, i don't
0: disagree but i do think that after the fight scene last episode it is refreshing just to see him fight really well here because it I makes agree. sense that he'd fight really well here he couldn't fight as well against sylvie who is a loki and who is well trained even if yeah. she was using other bodies she still is well trained here yeah. he's just fighting against dipshit guards from Lamentus one
1: yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: totally. Um, so he should be able to just walk through these guys. So I think that really, you know, but I I I thought it was a fun scene. Uh, but it's a really fun scene because he throws a guy out the window and then he himself gets immediately thrown out the window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And Sylvie is like at first like, oh good, but then she remembers he has the temp pad, and so she has to leap out the window after him. Yes. And uh when they meet up again. He pulls out the tent pad and it is a smoldering, disastrous wreck. He landed directly on it. Yes. It was not in his heart. She gets real mad. She gets like real mad and like creates like a psychic blast of like power. Uh, she like, it's like a fit that she throws. She literally like just like explodes a, a blast well, yeah, of they, power.
1: They're now definitively stuck on this planet that's going to explode soon.
0: Well, so they say, you know what? What if we hijack the Ark? Yeah. This is a bit earlier where she says to him, So you realize that we're going to go to this ark, which is these people's only chance of surviving, and we're going to steal the power from it, thus leaving them to die. And Lucky's like, Yeah, that's pretty good.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, th- th- this is one of my problems with the episode. Sylvie's knowledge of the ark is all over the place. She do doesn't know about, because she doesn't know about the ark when they talk to the old lady, and then like two minutes later, she's like, "The ark never gets off the planet." so she knows about the ark. she knows what happened to the ark, and then here she goes, "Oh, we should hijack the ark." Well, you know what I'm going to say something I don't know that she has to know about the ark to know that the ark never gets off the planet because she knows that nobody survives this, which means the ark never gets off the planet, right? So she knows that for one reason or another. That does not work. Right. But what I'm saying though is that she – to know that nobody gets off
0: this planet and then you, – so you know that nobody gets off this planet and somebody says, oh, they're launching a spaceship to get off this planet. You can very confidently say, well, they're not going to get off this planet. Do you yes. know what I mean? Like there's not – so so she doesn't have to know about the Ark to know the Ark doesn't leave the planet.
1: Sure. But but then she says we can go and hijack the Ark so we can get out of here well, knowing that is, it does not get out of there.
0: Well, this is now the moment where they both realize they're both variants yes and that they can maybe do something outside of the sacred time stream i think that's what's happening here they don't think they don't think that they're going along with the plan of time they think they're about to hijack time because they have information that nobody
1: else has i think i think it's poorly set up
0: i don't think so at all because they talk about being variants and then they talk about the idea of going to hijack this arc so I think it makes perfect sense. I mean, I right. totally drew that conclusion immediately as I was, ta- as they were talking about it, that because they aren't supposed to be did here you? anyway. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah. Uh,
1: I don't know if you did. I really did.
0: I'm a very involved and engaged viewer of these
1: shows. I'm not saying you're not an involved and engaged viewer, but you, it didn't sound like you had an issue with them, with the arc setups earlier where she didn't know about it, but she didn't know about it.
0: But I, cause it just made sense to me that she didn't have to know about it. Like it just never, I never questioned that she had to know about it to know the arc wasn't going to work.
1: I mean, she but had to know about it because because she's setting herself up in apocalypses. But she's temp padding out of the apocalypses. She's not actually. But but, but she's out there. But no. But she is. That's where she goes to rest. She has all these apocalypses programmed into her thing, so that that's where she can go to get away and and not screw up anything. Yeah, but she's not touristing on the apocalypse planet. No, but but she studied these. These stories so she knows what happens. I don't think that she had to study these stories. All she has
0: to do is say, okay, what are planets when nobody got away? Nobody, nobody survived. That's all that she had to do. She didn't have to find out the details. Who cares about the details? No, but you know, the, you know, the, you know, again, all you have to know about Pompeii is a volcano erupted and everybody died. That's all you have to know. You don't have to know anything else about Pompeii to hide in Pompeii.
1: You need to know when. <laughs> that's an yeah, important but that's, part. Isn't well, it? That,
0: do you know what I mean? Like when I say when I say you need to know a volcano erupted, right. I'm assuming that we're gonna know when the volcano erupted.
1: And again. She, know, she knows that the ship did not get off, right? She no, she doesn't. She, just,
0: she knows that nobody got off, so that therefore this arc could not have escaped.
1: Yes, so th- that's what I'm saying. She knows the Ark could not have escaped, so she should know that the plan to use the arc is doomed for failure. She
0: is literally a variant whose existence should not exist on the sacred timeline. She knows that you can create variances and spin off the timeline. She knows that you can do that. She knows it for a fact. It's not even a question. Like it's not like, like she's she is not trapped in a pre in in a, in a in a predestination paradox, even though she is. It turns out, but she is not to her own mind because she knows that you can create alternate branching timelines.
1: No, but she is trapped in a predestination paradox because that is the whole point of hiding out inside the apocalypses. No, nothing will shift in the apocalypse. That is Every, not that this is, is what happens.
0: That no, that is not the whole point of, of hiding in an apocalypse. The point is that whatever you do in the apocalypse doesn't have the time to ripple out to create an alternate reality. What has to happen when you – so here's the thing. When you create a little variance, when you create a nexus event, what happens is they have the red line because that nexus event creates ripples, and the ripples create ripples. So like the fact that you don't walk through this door has an impact on this guy who's in the room, which has an impact on this, which has an impact on that. They need to cut it off before the ripples spread out really far. Yes. And there's a like time limit. Like, so like the ripples traditionally will take a little while to travel, just the nature of like how moment to moment, the impact of each moment has to take time to propagate through the next moment's impact. And that's where the red line is. So once they reach the red line, it becomes so big that it's really difficult to prune the time, or maybe even impossible. We're not, we're not 100% sure. The premise within an apocalypse is to know that whatever you do on this apocalypse, that the ripples will never expand beyond the red line. They can't because there's not enough time. That's the premise. So if you go to Pompeii four days before the eruption, you might very well create a variance, a nexus event, I mean. But if you go to Pompeii the day of the eruption, you're not going to create a nexus event because nobody can get away far enough to have an impact made by you. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, I'm not arguing with that. But I I think, again, she knows when everything goes to to hell on the planet, right? She has that info. Right. So it seems to me like she would know – when this ship is
0: taking off? No, why would she know that? She doesn't care about any of that stuff. She knows that no ships get off of here. It doesn't matter. Nothing else matters to her. She doesn't have to do the details of like this history of the apocalypse. All that she has to know is that Lamentus 1 crashes into this planet. And nobody survives. That's all that she has to know, period. That's it, the end. Why would you need to know anything else? Except for like the day, like day and the time. All you need to know is the day, the time, and the place. And that's all you need to know. The details of this don't make a single bit of difference to you.
1: Like what's happening on the opposite
0: side of the planet? You might want to know, but there's no reason to
1: know. I mean, it's, it's it's a, I mean, we even see at one point that when they're on the train, a huge chunk of moon slam into the planet and destroy a bunch of stuff. I would want to know where those chunks were going to be landing. So I wasn't near those. Like that seems like important info. Well, that's probably why she's in
0: the mine. I'm assuming the mine, because it's uh, a mine, she probably has an underground place to go sit and hide. Yeah. I mean, that mess this that's that's my assumption. Right? That why why else it should she be a mine? I guess, yeah. And she has the temp pad, so even if the mine collapses, she can temp pad her way out. Like that's her thing. So she doesn't need know anything else. And this fucking by the way, this arcs on the other side of the fucking moon or whatever, you know, it's a it's a very long distance. So like in terms of like what's I happening, mean, it, she doesn't have the details of anything. less than-
1: they walk there in less than 12 hours, so it's not oh, that yeah, far. I know, but
0: it's, it's, it's made to indicate that it's far. Yeah. You know, um, so – and they take – they're on the train for a while,
1: so. But even that, like, it's less than it, – it's clearly – there's plenty of time, so yeah
0: no I mean for sure I mean obviously this is a TV show and this is not like a geography lesson about the moon of Lamentus 1 um, and the time it's going to take is the time that it's going to take uh, you know you see that she has 12 hours before the apocalypse that's how much time she gives herself to go get a rest and eat a meal you know what I mean like that's all that she needs is 12 hours yeah. and that's probably the amount of time that you can feel get pretty guaranteed that you're not going to create a Nexus event yeah. but I don't think that she so again I don't think that it matters she does I don't know why she would know what's happening on this planet she doesn't care she probably never interacted with anybody on this planet ever before like all the times that she came here i would be more concerned about running into myself frankly
1: yes that would be
0: you know what i mean i'm curious how that we don't know
1: yeah i don't think they've discussed what happens with that kind of thing
0: right yeah like whether or not she goes to the same apocalypses again and again or whether or not she goes to different apocalypses i'm very curious about that we have not found that out but also again because she knows that the time stream is not guaranteed that it can be changed she knows this for a fact because she knows the people whose job it is to come in and stop that from happening yeah she knows that she can change the time stream that if they do their plan right they'll be able to change the time screen but this also feeds into their larger thing about being smug people who are wrong yes so i think it all just all works perfectly you know what i
1: mean i I just i think i think it's a little messy writing that's like, I, I feel like it's the exact opposite of messy writing. I think every piece of it is just perfectly crystallized. I think it's just
0: really – short of one character saying to another character, well, I, how do we know that – we know that the, the arc doesn't take off, so why would we even try to hijack it? And the other character saying, well, we are both variants, and therefore we know that the timeline can be diverged from. And perhaps knowing what we know, we can actually diverge the timeline. Do you know what I mean? Like – um, you know, it's the it's the classic like no this this has never worked before. Well, you never had me before, did you? You know, it's like it's that, that's it. That's the whole premise of the thing. Oh, this has never taken off before. Well, I was never there hijacking it before, was I? Yeah, Do you know what I mean. I don't feel like I, I don't I, I don't think I've convinced you, but, but no, you
1: have not. You have not.
0: All right. So they go to the town where the Ark is, and they discover when they get there that, in fact, that the poor people are very much not being allowed on the Ark. And yes. what happens now, Loki has this mom like, they're going to let these people die. And it's interesting because I was like, oh, this is really great writing because we're going to take our character from the course of this episode from a guy – who does not care about hijacking the power supply of the ark and leaving everybody to die to a guy who I, I thought at the end of this episode was going to hijack the ark and maybe even kick the rich people off and let the poor people on because Loki would really both resonate with the underdog people, but would also see a group of people that he could like would rule he? over. <laughs> no, he would hundred percent. Oh, hundred percent. He would resonate with the underdogs because he's an underdog and he feels like he's not respected and he's not, but, does but not he's have also place. royalty. But he's not. That's the thing. That's the whole thing from all the Thor movies. But Nobody they, treats re, him like that.
1: Remember, no, no. In, in the first Thor, he is treated like that. And this takes place after the first Thor, before the second Thor. This yeah. takes place right after Avengers. He is still, I am burdened with a glorious purpose and blah, 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 blah. That is who he still is at this
0: point. Well, still, even still, he might see these this, this riffraff, this rabble as people that he could rule over. That He would become the captain of the ship and and their their glorious savior, right? I, I could – but the premise anyway doesn't matter because that's not what happens. But I thought no. watching it, I was like, wow, that's what they're going to do. They're really going to have him like make a turn here and i kind of into it like because it would be shitty to just steal the power supply and leave these people to die.
1: Yes, it would. It, it but would that not is not what good.
0: happens. So they get to this town and there's a fucking riot breaks out as they're in this town. And they are trying to make their way to the ship. And in the middle of this riot, They're like fighting guys left and right. And this is like an incredible one take. Although I'm going to be like this guy.
1: It's a have- three take. <laughs> it's, it's a couple of cuts.
0: Yeah. Well, you, and you, and you see the seams,
1: right? Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. yeah, I mean, like I hate to, I mean, it's a TV show. I'm more than willing to let it go. Like it's a, it's a great sequence they put together. I get, you know, there's only so much you can do. It's yeah. really cool. Like, yeah, it, it, if if it's not totally cinematic
0: quality, then you know I'm willing to cut them some slack. But it was funny because yeah. I was I was watching it, I was like, um, "There's a cut. There's a cut. Oh, there's <laughs> a cut. Oh, there's yep. a cup. oh there's, that was this camera
1: speed up right there. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> I feel like such a dick when I when I notice that stuff.
1: Yeah. Um. So. Uh. And we do see in the sequence Loki use a power I don't think we've seen him use it before telekinesis. Yes. He
0: does. He telekinesis is mm-hmm. a uh, falling like pillar. It's a very man. big one, too. Huge.
1: Yeah, I don't remember seeing him use that before. No. Which I don't mind. I mean, he's a magic guy, so there's no reason he wouldn't be able to do stuff like that, I suppose.
0: Yeah.
1: Right? So I, I don't mind him doing it. I was excited, like, oh, it's a new power.
0: So they make it through this. They fight these guards. They make it through this riot, this crowd, They into this long... This foe one one shot. And they get to like the outer gate of the arc and the arc begins taking off. And they're like, fuck, like Jesus, we missed it. And then all of a sudden, giant chunks of meteor just tear through and pl- explode the whole fucking arc. Yep. And everybody on board dies. And Loki and Sylvie realize they are truly
1: fucked. Yes. And that's the end of the episode. That is it. So you hated this one, huh? I didn't hate it. I said it's a good episode, but it's also not a good episode. <laughs> like, I, I feel like they really stretched it a little too much. There's too like, you know, I, I don't need them to get, Oh, the, the adventure of getting to the train and then the adventure of walking to this place. Like just have them stay in the train. Like we don't need another five minutes of them walking. It's fine. It's fine. Without that, we will be fine. You know, it it felt like something where they were like, ah, we need action. We need an action scene. So they toss in an action scene on the train and it's like, no, you don't need that. I'm fine with them just talking a little bit more. That's fine. Well, so
0: that's the thing. So here's, so I like this episode a lot. And I liked it a lot because it's a heavy character episode and I liked watching these two characters talk. It's a it's yeah. a really heavy um, mythology episode. It truly yes. explodes the mythology of the show in a big way.
1: Yes. I, there's uh, a bunch of weird little lines that you know are building towards things. You know, she says a Loki a few times, which right. I like, you know. I um, yeah, I mean like um,
0: – It, it – it, it advances the mythology so much. The revelations about the TVA and you know what? It's it's coming from Sylvie who is a Loki. And so technically I know that I should be hesitant to believe her, but it's so clear. The TVA is bad. And what she says makes so much fucking sense. Yeah. That I'm going to just accept it until it's maybe like a switcheroo at the end. But um, that was for like a big deal, but I just love the character stuff. And you're right. They did a thing where they were like, okay, we can't just have these two characters talking for an episode. Um, we're going to need to put action scenes in here. And they tried to figure out a way to do it. And they tried to figure out a way to do it big. And what's funny is that as a result, I have seen a million people online complaining this is a filler episode. It's not a filler episode. It's the all. opposite of a filler episode to me. It, it, but it has filler scenes, and that's the problem. I would agree with that. But they're yeah. they're giving it filler scenes because they want to make you not think it's a filler episode. Yes. Because they think, well, the audience really going to want to watch some action. They're going to want to watch a fight. They're going to watch explosions. That will make it feel like not filler. Because yeah. very often the audience online reacts to quieter, more character based episodes by saying this was filler, what a waste of time. We only have six episodes. Why did nothing happen in this episode despite yeah. so much actually happening? Yes. Um because what happens is character stuff, which is the most important stuff to happen. So they went the other way and they tried to do both, and I think that's what you're hitting on. I think that's what's, that's what's bumping your head. Yes. Is those action scenes that are clearly put yeah. in to keep Reddit from complaining too much, and yeah. Reddit complained anyway.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, like I said, it's a good episode, but it's a bad episode. It's got a bit of both.
0: I loved it. You know, and I'm going to tell you like the thing I like about – this is a thing. Somebody was talking about why Star Trek Discovery is a bummer, and I actually agree with this, and it's because Star Trek Discovery only has 12 episodes or 13 episodes a season. And that means there's no episodes where they just hang out or somebody has a weird side adventure that has no bearing on anything. Nobody's on their way to a conference and they get kidnapped by an energy being for an episode or whatever. And Star Trek lives or dies on those episodes, right? Those like those, those quote unquote filler episodes are actually maybe some of the best episodes. And you could like take a show like DS9. So DS9 is more serialized and you could break it down into like each season. What are the 12 ones you got to have? Yeah. But when you do that, you look at it and you go, Wow, this show seems really dismal. Like it you, just seems well, brutal.
1: You know what you lose when you do that? You lose Benny. And that would be a goddamn. You lose shame.
0: Benny, you lose the entirety of Nog story.
1: Nog story is gone. You, you lose, lose it because lose, there's no space for it. There's no space for it. You, you lose the one where where it's Jake as an old man. The, like the visitor. The only, yeah. The visitor just gone. Like often considered the best episode of the series. I think the
0: well, – Far Beyond the, the Stars is probably the best episode, yeah. but those are both in the running just for best episodes. Amazing episodes.
1: Just two amazing episodes that would not exist if every episode had to feed the – The, the main plot. Right. Yeah. If it all
0: had to be about the Dominion War or building up to the Dominion War, paying off the Dominion War, you would have a show that I think would not be that good. And Fontaine, the problem,
1: What's his name? Lou Fontaine, whatever his name is. He would never Vic exist. Fontaine. Never exist.
0: So the thing is that um, streaming shows, that's what they are. They're just the meat. Yeah. Yeah. And so you end up losing all of the stuff that makes that. So you lose all the seasoning, I guess, is what I would say. You lose um, the characters. Well, that's exactly what you lose. So that's why Star. Yeah. That's why Discovery feels so dismal because these characters are just jumping from traumatic event to traumatic yes. event. They're just and
1: constantly crying.
0: Yeah, and there's just no episodes where they're just like having an adventure. And it's just like yeah. it's like a, it's like a little bit chill. They're not just. There's no episodes just where they're on the holodeck. You know what I mean? Yeah. And you can still have like danger in those. I'm not saying those episodes are just
1: people fucking around having picnics. They have danger and they have stakes. No, Visitor is an extremely high-stakes episode. Right. But it's also an amazingly touching and poignant episode,
0: you know. and it, But it does not advance the larger plot at all. No.
1: And so you would have to cut
0: anywhere. that out if you were to do – Yeah, You know, just a really plot-centric. So the modern audience, though, has become really accustomed to these – once upon a time, we used to complain about TV seasons being 26 episodes, and we'd look at the British and go, oh, these 12-episode seasons, these eight-episode seasons, they just really get to the point of it. But even the British seem to understand, like, you don't just, like, have, like, a driving plot. Yeah. You don't try to stuff 20 episodes worth of shit into six episodes. And a lot of streaming does that. So when an episode like this, which I think I liked a lot, um, tries to split the difference. I think a lot of people online have a hard time with it because they really just want the plot to advance. And even though I feel like the plot really did advance a lot in this episode yes. because all the TVA reveals, yeah. Um, they really want to see like the plot really advance. And then like, we only have three more episodes and nothing happened in this episode. And it's like, well, yeah. I don't know a lot happened in this episode.
1: I, uh, quite a lot. I mean, we learn a lot about Sylvie to the point that one of my favorite moments and I, I, we'll see if this is Loki playing games or Loki being stupid is when Loki says, you're not telling me anything about yourself. And we learn so much about her. Right. And it, it's like, is it that Loki just only listens when he's talking? Like, or, <laughs> or is he trying to go to her to talk more? Right. Like, I'm I'm not sure. I don't know which one it was. And I'm, I'm interested to find out later. Well, you know.
0: um, but I, I get where you're coming from. I understand that these feel like, especially because you keyed onto them as borderlands or whatever scenes. Yeah. I didn't key onto them that way. And so I get it. Like I, once you like, key onto that, that, it that old lady,
1: way, the, the old lady quest that yeah. doesn't really do anything for the story. It just, Oh look, they, they both fail. And then she just tells them the info anyway and they move forward. Right. It's like, it's a funny little moment. There's a slight bit of characterization there, but nothing huge. And then you could cut that. No problem. You know, the fight in the train gone the 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 fight at the end the whole thing at the end you need where they're trying to get on the the ship you need that sequence but you don't need the train fight i don't think anything's gained or lost if the train fight vanishes well you gotta get them off the train right you don't you don't have to get them off well how are they gonna break the pad you don't even need them to break the pad because they, they need the ship to power
0: the pad. Oh, I disagree. I think that your storytelling instincts are wrong here because I think what you need to have is as the episode goes on, I think you need to have a reversal. I think you can't just have them on the one quest and then the quest fails at the end. They have to have a reversal on the quest. So they have to have the pad break so or that they just, change their quest and then you feel like you have a reversal and then that becomes dramatically satisfying. But,
1: but you need that reversal only because the, everything goes bad on the train. If they're just on the train, they no, get no, you No, you, you, you need a reversal
0: – you, know, you, you you need the reversal just as storytelling i mean, not like it's it's a beat that you need i mean, you don't you don't even need it because of previous things you need it because the episode needs reversal beats like you just need it like it's, it's just how the storytelling works
1: it, it needs that reversal beat because the episode goes for another 10 minutes if the no. episode was reaching its climax at that point there's no more need for reversal beats. No you still need a reversal. You have it's or it's health. it's, you, it's you, act structure stuff. You have the old lady stuff. break it then. You have the old lady break it. Move no it's too up. early. That's too no, early. Then you, you you move her you move her forward into the story further into the story and have her break it. You have it break when they get there and there's the riot going on. Like there's other places to break it where you don't need a five minute train fight scene. No, what you need.
0: So this is the reason. So this is the thing. Here's how the reversal has to work is that you have to have at the beginning, you have your establishing stuff like that. You have them being sent on their quest, right? Then we have complications with their quest. This is all narrative stuff that you got to have just in a story. This is not like we have to have it. It's midnight run. It's just
1: midnight run.
0: So then what happens is that when they get to the next phase of their quest, what you have to have is you have to have the point where they have a reversal of their fortunes. And so they have to now have a dark night of the soul moment, like where we're really in trouble. And then they have to come up with a new plan. So you have to go low to come back up high to walk into your third act or your end sequence where they're going to get dropped back down again. And that's, that, that's the structure. It's not like about like how long the episode is or like if I was just, if I was just working out like, what would happen in an episode I would be like they wake up they meet someone they get info they travel they talk to each other they have a reversal they they think that they fix the reversal and then they get crushed like that's the structure of it like I don't think that has to necessarily be tied into how long it is or anything like that I think it's just basic good storytelling you want to have a reversal at that point. but
1: but what I'm saying is there's ways you can do it without a five minute fight sequence that doesn't it's not that long. You've, you, However you've, long it you've, is, it feels like it's 10 hours. It, 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 I'm joking there. But, like, you can do it without having that fight sequence, you know, without them getting off the train. Yeah, I guess you can. I mean, like, I like the fight sequence, so I'm not going to complain about it, you know what I what don't, I not mean? like, Because I, I don't think – I think they waste him being drunk. It, there's nothing to that. It just doesn't go anywhere, you know, other than, oh, look, he's – like, you don't need him to be drunk to drop his guys because he's Loki. He drops the guys because he's smarter than everyone. They're never going to figure me out. That's why he drops the guys. So there's no reason for him to be drunk unless you're going to have a drunk fight sequence, which they don't do. He's not. He's instantly sober. So it's. it's I,
0: don't know. I think unsettling. he wanted them to it's, make you uh, an uh, episode uh, uh, and they
1: didn't make an episode.
0: Or they wanted to make you wanted them to make a scene the way you wanted them to make a scene. And I don't think that they had to. I don't know. They promised us a drunken fight scene. You know what I mean? Like with the
1: structure. I, I, of it. I, th- I think when you have the character say he's drunk and then you have a fight breakout two minutes later. The, the thought process is, oh, he's drunk and he's got to fight.
0: I guess. I am I guess I just am not that attached to the idea of a drunken master fight in the middle of this thing. I think that's okay. Um, but I get it. You know, I, I think that your points are reasonable. Um, so that's this episode. I don't know. I'm curious how they're going to get out of this one.
1: Another fine mess.
0: Another fine mess. You know, we've been watching uh, episodes of the old Batman show here in, in Casa Devin Farachi. Wonderful. And, um, it's funny to watch the episodes, and you know, be here tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. And I do wonder, like, does that mean anything to like a seventeen-year-old? I don't know. It was interesting to me to think about it. Like, are you? I. I Fraud, they probably could get it. Like I'm not saying like it's like a fucking mystic code to be yeah. broken. It's not like an occult secret. Yeah. But like when when we say same bat time, same bat channel, like you say that to somebody of a certain age group, and not it's not necessarily calling back Batman memories. Yeah. But you're speaking in a pop culture language to each other, and I, I wonder if a young person would have that. You know, like I, this episode. Good.
1: I, I, I was listening recently to a podcast talking about uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And one of the things they hit on was the special sauce of that movie where it's all these different characters from different companies coming together. All these different animated characters like Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse and all that wouldn't work as it wouldn't be as exciting today because everybody just has mashup shirts of everything. Yep. So it's just not. And and then 90% of those characters, today's audiences, younger audiences wouldn't know who the fuck they are because there's no more reruns and stuff nobody watches nick and i like that kind of stuff anymore and it's like oh it's all just lost like that was the perfect time and moment and you can't do it at any other point you know unless you do marvel and dc come together i guess would be the thing but even that i mean like that doesn't
0: yeah that doesn't feel like as as wild as Roger rabbit felt crazy back in the day to see that to see mickey mouse and bugs bunny on screen together was shocking it was pretty wild it was pretty exciting back then yeah all right, so we'll be back next week with more Loki, but in the meantime, we just dropped an episode of Watchmen, our new podcast where we, once a month, get together and do a deep dive in a superhero movie. We did Darkman this month, the Sam Raimi 1990 original superhero movie.
1: Forgotten? Is it fair to say
0: forgotten? semi Semi-forgotten, I would say. Um, there's no Funko Pop of it. So I think mean, that counts as forgotten oh in the board. Oh my god, holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, so it's Stan
1: Lee's got like seven Funko Pops. I know there's not one like Funko one. Pop of Darkman. Um,
0: so I looked it up. Uh so that is available on the Patreon. The Patreon is slash cinemasanga. That's how we keep these shows going. At five dollars and above, you get blah, 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 Watchmen. And that, like I said, was Dark Man this week. Next month, we're going to be doing Black Widow. So, if you're listening to Marvel Vision right now and you want to hear us talking about all the Marvel movies coming out the rest of the year, it's not going to happen on this show. It's going to happen on Watchmen. So, you got to subscribe over there for five bucks a month to get that, that stuff. With that $5 a month, you also get the rest of our podcasts, including The Bad Batch, which is a Star Wars TV show podcast. We talk about currently The Bad Batch, the animated show. We were talking about Rebels. We be talking about Mandalorian and the Book of Boba Fett and all those shows as well. That one is included if you're a $5 member. Or if you just want book, uh, a Bad Batch, you can become a $1 member at www.patreon.com slash Sangha. I shouldn't go backwards down the tiers. That's the wrong way to do this. Yeah. I do not have a future in hosting uh, PBS pledge no. broadcasts. No. <laughs> if you give us less money. And you give us even less money, if you give us no money at all, you still get Marvel Vision, which yeah. is our free podcast. Uh, but if you enjoy this, it really makes a big difference for us. So uh, feel free to join up. And in the meantime, Derek, where can they find you on the internet?
1: Uh, just real quick, hen Dejus from Valerian and the City of Lost of a Million Planets or whatever, Planet of a Million Cities, he's got a Funko Pop. <laughs> so... And that is not that is not either of the main characters. That's some weird looking alien guy with a purse. Yeah, he's got one. He's number four thirty nine of the Funko Pops. Yeah, Uh, you can find me on Twitter at WH underscore.
0: You find me on Twitter at Devon CF. We'll see you guys again here next week for Marvel Vision. And until then, may you be happy, may you be safe, may you be well. But most of all, may you be burdened with a glorious purpose.
1: There you go. There we go.